Welcome to the Highly Spirited Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie McNew. I love cocktails and I love the macabre. So every week I'm bringing you a cocktail recipe in history and some ghost stories. So let's get ready to get lit and get scared. Welcome back, everybody. Today we are diving into a house I have been fascinated by for a very large portion of my life. As soon as I learned about the Winchester Mystery House, I knew immediately I also wanted to be an eccentric old lady with a bottomless bank account someday. <laughs> like, yes, move me to California. Let me dabble in the occult. Build me a big ass house. Like, that's the dream. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> hopefully, I know. I hopefully I fall into some fortune somewhere down the line and I can live out the rest of my days just being crazy and building a crazy house. What a dream. I mean, as long as no one gets hurt in the process. Sarah Winchester was the eccentric, occult dabbling, bottomless bank account lady behind the Winchester Mystery House. Her life wasn't all that great though, and she had suffered through many tragedies before she decided to move to California and build this house. But I'll get into her and the house here in just a bit. We need a cocktail first, and today's cocktail is the cable car. I'm aware that the Winchester house is in San Jose, not San Francisco, but they're only about an hour apart, so that's honestly close enough for me. Like, I don't even think about an hour apart being different cities. Maybe because I'm from the Midwest and I grew up in the middle of nowhere and it was like 20 minutes to go to the grocery store anyway. So I'm like, what's an hour? Might as well be the same place. People from cities don't think that way, though. (laughs) I've learned as an adult. Yeah, San Francisco is home to those cute little cable cars. And I'm sure they're just some kind of form of public transportation. And they're no different than like riding a city bus. But they do look so cute and fun for someone who's never been on one. I'm really such a tourist and it's on my to-do list whenever I make it to California which I do plan to do someday within the next couple years. The cable car cocktail was invented in 1996 by Tony Abu Ghanem to memorialize the Starlight Room in San Francisco's Drake Hotel. It's really just a riff on the classic sidecar cocktail, but let's make one. This is the recipe according to liquor.com. You're going to need 1 8 teaspoon of ground cinnamon, 1 8 cup of sugar. Just set those aside. You're going to mix them together and you're going to need a lemon wedge. And then it's one and a half ounces of spiced rum, three-fourths ounce orange curacao, one ounce lemon juice freshly squeezed, a half ounce of simple syrup, and you're going to garnish with an orange spiral. The cinnamon and the sugar, just mix it together in like a bowl or on a saucer. Then you're going to rim the cocktail glass with that lemon wedge and just dip it into the um, cinnamon sugar mixture. That's going to just be your rim. So set your glass aside, and then the rum, the orange carousel, the lemon juice, the simple syrup, add that all into a cocktail shaker with ice and shake it till it's chilled. Then you're going to double strain it into that rimmed glass, garnish with an orange spiral. Super simple. It honestly sounds delicious. I need to get some orange carousel so I can make this. I think I have everything else. They do look good. So that is the cable car. Enjoy, and I'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, did you guys know that I also have a candle company? I very recently started making spooky little Halloween candles and people are loving them. They think they're so cute. They almost say they're too cute to burn. And with that, I say, you know what? Buy two, burn one and save one. They come in all kinds of shapes and colors. So check it out. They are live on Etsy. It is etsy.com slash the Gothic Glow Candle Co. Check it out. I would be more than thrilled to send you guys a candle. 
Don't you guys just love that shameless self-promotion I do on those breaks? <laughs> but seriously, go buy a candle or one of my books. I would appreciate you. Anyways, let's get into the Winchester Mystery House by starting with a little bit of history about Sarah Winchester herself. Sarah was born sometime around 1835 in New Haven, Connecticut to parents Leonard and Sarah Party. Her exact birthday was never seems to have been recorded, like record keeping wasn't the greatest back then, but they do think it was sometime in 1835. Her parents were respectable middle class people, her father making a living as a tradesman manufacturing carriages. When the Civil War started, he ended up manufacturing most of the ambulances for the Union Army, creating much business success for himself. This helped the party family climb all the way up New Haven social ladders. Like he had made it at this point. Business was kind of booming, though it was sad. Sarah was known to be not only beautiful, but intelligent as well. By age 12, she was fairly fluent in Spanish, Italian, and French, landing herself a spot in Yale's Young Ladies College Institute. Kind of an offshoot of Yale. Like, you know, the girls couldn't go to real Yale, so they had the Young Ladies Institute over there. She got into that, which is still really prestigious for the time. The Winchester family moved to New Haven from Baltimore shortly after their only son, William, was born. Oliver Winchester opened up a clothing manufacturing company with his business partner, John Davies. In 1866, the manufacturing company changed gears drastically and started making guns. How does one leap from shirts to guns? I don't know, but it worked out wonderfully for Olive Winchester. The Winchester Repeating Arms Company made him a fortune. Winchester designed a rifle that didn't have to be immediately reloaded. It could fire multiple rounds, which was revolutionary at the time. And the Winchester 1873 model became known as the gun that won the West, as it was a great choice for settlers making their way all the way out West. The parties and the Winchesters, both being successful New Haven business families, knew each other socially, so it was not a surprise to anyone when their children fell for each other. Sarah Pardee married William Wirt Winchester on September 30th, 1862. In June of 1866, Sarah delivered their first and only child, Annie. Annie was everything Sarah dreamed of, but the happiness was very short-lived. Annie died a little over a month later on July 25th. Her cause of death was ruled to be marasmus, which I think is very similar to what we'd call failure to thrive today. The baby just wouldn't gain weight no matter what. The couples tried, like, you know, they had all the resources in the world to try to save this baby. It just was not going to live. The couple had no more children, and William went on working for his father at the rifle company until Oliver's wife died in 1881, and Oliver died shortly thereafter, leaving all the Winchester Repeating Arms Company to William. And unfortunately, William died just a year later of tuberculosis, which absolutely just broke Sarah. Even though her husband's death left her to inherit millions, as well as future royalties, which averaged about $1,000 per day for the rest of her life, she was rich, rich after her husband passed, but she was not okay. Absolutely not okay. She started dressing in only black and lived the rest of her life in what others would consider mourning clothing. After William died, Sarah took off to Europe for about three years and just kind of had a little sabbatical. She had a lot of loss in a very short time. Not much is known about what she did in Europe, but some sources say she just visited churches and kind of studied the architecture in a very touristy way. 
When she returned to the States in 1884, she no longer wanted to be in New Haven, which is very understandable since, you know, she suffered so much loss there. She made her way to California, where she had extended family there already. Part of the party family went out for the gold rush, so she had like aunts, uncles, cousins already living on the West Coast. Why not go stay there for a while? She bought a two-story, eight-room farmhouse. Yep, that mansion we know today was once a quaint little farmhouse. As soon as Sarah moved in, she immediately started renovations. She hired 20 carpenters to start adding rooms. She went through several architects who thought her ideas were insane, and instead of paying them to disagree with her, she just fired them and started designing the house herself, instructing the carpenters on what she wanted built and when. She had no formal training on architecture or building, but she paid well, so the guys just kind of did whatever she told them to. Why wouldn't you? Usually the plan from the day before would change by the next morning with Sarah changing her mind and telling them to either close up rooms or build new ones, build a new staircase, build another wing. It changed every morning what she wanted them to do. The house at one point had reached seven stories, but an earthquake in 1906 reduced it down to only four stories. She kept building though, but instead of up, she decided to build out. Probably smart for California, let's be real. Four stories even seems a little sketchy there. The house eventually ended up with 500 to 600 known rooms. And I do say known because there's a lot of sketchy things going on in this house. The house is literally a maze in some parts, with hallways leading to seemingly nowhere, some even being miles long, just lead to a dead end. It has staircases that go nowhere, just directly into the ceiling, and rooms within rooms. And also be careful with the doors. Some lead into rooms, as you would expect. But one leads right into a brick wall, and another on the second story leads right to a drop-off to the outdoor ground below. No ledge or anything to catch you if you know you just open the door and blindly step, your asses fall in two stories, onto the ground below. And there are skylights galore. I personally love a skylight. Like, I wish my house had one. I think they're gorgeous. I love the way they let light in. But some of these make a lot of sense. They're in the ceiling as expected. The other skylights are kind of bonkers. There's a skylight covering a skylight, and one is even in the floor for some reason that she never bothered to explain. Just a skylight in the floor. I mean, I guess if you wanted to see to a different story, that's convenient. I don't know. (laughs) The house has 47 chimneys, some working with fireplaces as they should, and others just built directly up to the ceiling with no output. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe she liked the aesthetic of a chimney. Who knows? And Sarah also insisted that each room have 13 windows. There had to be 13. And the fact that there's 13 and, you know, 13 said to be an unlucky number in a lot of cultures, like hotels don't even have 13th floors because we think they're bad luck. This led to some people thinking, oh my gosh, she's so superstitious, which she was in certain ways. So having the number 13 being so specific for the windows really led to a lot of the creepy rumors about this house and about Sarah. Why would anyone build a house this insane? Was it because she was rich and she could? Was it because she was like certifiably bonkers? Maybe both. But a lot of folklore and mystery surrounds Sarah. It was believed she was an occultist and one of the rooms that actually had a purpose was her seance room where she would retire nightly from midnight to 2 a.m., and they believe she took in a Ouija board and spoke to the spirits. And, you know, you should never do a Ouija board by yourself. 
apparently those rules didn't apply to Sarah. But they really did believe that during these seances or sessions she had in there, she took building instructions from spirits. Then the next day, she told the crew what to build to keep the spirits appeased. Others believe that she was actually afraid of the spirits, so she built the house with the hallways and the stairways to nowhere to confuse the ghosts. And that doesn't make sense to me because, you know, ghosts can just go through walls. Like, she doesn't, they don't give a shit that your stairway doesn't go anywhere. They'll just go through that ceiling. So that part doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I do feel like she was probably communing with somebody or something and just being like, you want me to build weird stairs? You want a door here? You want a window there? Like, she was doing whatever they asked, I think. And the reason I believe that is because... Before she moved to California, it is rumored that she visited a psychic back east who told her spirits were very angry with her. And it was because they were and they were angry because the rifles created by the Winchester Repeating Arms Company caused so much death and devastation that she was now cursed by the inheritance. And the only way to appease them or to make things right would to be to build this ginormous house to make amends. I don't know if there's a lot of truth of the whole psychic thing, but I do think Sarah very much believed that this was cursed money. So many bad things had happened to her. Her daughter died. Her in-laws died. Her husband died at only 43. So many bad things had happened. Of course she felt cursed. She lost, you know, an entire family. So she probably is thinking, whatever will make these spirits happy, I'm going to do that. I, I owe a lot to them. A lot of people died. So the spirits took my people. My people had to die. Here's how I'm going to not die is to keep building this house for the rest of my life. Because she did believe if I stop building this house, I'm going to die. So she had crews working 24 7, 365 up until the time of her death. And she changed and added to those building plans daily to the point where the construction foreman just gave up drawing blueprints. They spoke with her each morning and said, that's what she wants, build it. They didn't even try to draw shit out it the end. So this house is weird as fuck. It's definitely a maze you could get lost in and it's actually open for tours, but they're guided so you can't get lost. Weird and wonderful is one thing, but is it haunted? The answer seems to be yes. Perhaps the spirits haunting Sarah never left. Even guests who tour the house today report or seeing or feeling spirits. One of the spirits is known as Clyde, who was a construction worker at the house. He's usually seen pushing a wheelbarrow towards the fireplace or pushing it away from the fireplace full of ash. Other spirits haven't quite been identified, but one follower on my TikTok account for this podcast commented that she thought Sarah herself appeared to her and spoke to her when she toured the house, which what an experience that would be. Like my mind would be blown. I would just really never be the same again. I'd be so excited. The house also has all the other typical hauntings of unexplained noises and footprints, as well as the feelings of t-shirts being tugged at or the feelings of being pushed when walking down the hallways. I have to say some weird things do happen in or around this house, even when you talk about it. So I got ready to research this um, today because I'm like way behind on stuff. I usually do my stuff on the weekends, but it is Tuesday as I'm recording this. So I started researching it today, Tuesday, September 5th which turns out to be Sarah Winchester's death date. And I had no idea it was until I jumped into this today. So she died September 5th, 1922. Was believed she was around 82 or 83 years old. Like I said, they had no idea when her birthday was. 
Yeah, I thought that was such a weird little, I don't believe in coincidences, just synchronicities. So just a weird synchronicity thing that, oh my gosh, I started researching this on the day she died. Like, hi, Sarah. <laughs> like, it's definitely a sign. But anyways, I definitely want to do a Haunted California tour someday. And this house is 100% first on my list. And I'm aware that Cali is a big state and doing a road trip through it sounds insane. But I think I could fly to San Francisco Definitely going to check out Alcatraz while I'm there, rent a car, drive to the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose. Like I said, it's only an hour away. It can't be that hard. Then drive down to the Queen Mary in Long Beach, check that out, and then check out the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And I know there are so many more haunted things and cool things to see in California, but like these are my top four, like Alcatraz, Winchester House, Queen Mary, Hollywood Forever, I just could see those four things and be so happy. That's what I want to do in California. And I think I need like a week and a half to make that all happen. And I won't be checking out the Cecil Hotel for obvious safety reasons. But I think it's going to be a future birthday trip, maybe within the next two years or so. I definitely want to make that happen for me. But that's going to wrap it up today. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, give us a like, a review, tell a friend, and cheers. Bye, guys. guys did you know i have a new book out it's called drinking with the stars cocktails for the zodiac and it's exactly what it sounds like it is a fun little book that pairs a cocktail with each zodiac sign so inside is a little blurb about your star sign and then the cocktail i think best pairs with it it's really fun to go through and make these cocktails so check it out it's available on amazon and i can post a link in the show notes cheers <laughs>